0: I got hurt, but help me, And
1: turn me back into a healthy M.C. Welcome to Farms Not Farms podcast, episode eight. There's a vote coming up soon to decriminalize magic mushrooms in Denver. We're here with the campaign director, Kevin Matthews, to tell us all about it. Hey, Kevin, how you doing?
0: Hey, Brent. I'm doing great, man. All the snow's finally melting off, so that makes me a little more happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we get a lot of sun while that's happening, too. That's kind of healthy. So, Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing. Would you like to just share about the initiative for a moment?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm the campaign director of the Denver Psilocybin Initiative, and we are working to decriminalize the adult personal possession and use of psilocybin mushrooms here in Denver. And we are a 100% grassroots, self-organized movement It's just been an incredible ride so far Uh, for me over the past 14 months working on this. And then really over the last, well, just about six months um, from collecting signatures and getting on the ballot was a huge success for us. And now we are campaigning because the vote is on May 7th, which is just a little bit less than, well, a little bit less than two months from now. So... We have a lot of work ahead of us, and um, I I couldn't be more humbled and and grateful for the amazing community that's that's built around this movement in Denver.
1: You know, I think it's a great place. There's a lot of people that are forward-minded and, you know, a little bit more mindful about quality of life out here, and that was something that I noticed also when I was living in Vermont, In fact, people hear about the Denver Psilocybin Initiative, I think that similarly to cannabis legalization, people think, oh, everybody just wants to get high. And, you know, when I first heard about cannabis legalization, I was kind of under the same impression until I learned about cannabis oil and our endocannabinoid system and, Why cannabis has the ability to work and the various, you know, pretty much limitless things that that it can do for us in terms of mushrooms and in terms of psilocybin specifically, I think that, you know, this is a family discussion. And the reason for that being anybody in our family or anybody's family has the potential to be depressed or to need an opportunity to level up and to have a new perspective on life and, you know, more or less a new life experience, a a rebirth, a renaissance of our spirit. And I think that psilocybin has the ability, retains the ability to stimulate this and especially in small doses research is suggesting the same what what are you learning about what why are you so passionate about this i know you're a family man and this isn't you know i can't imagine you're out here looking to have everybody driving around on mushrooms and <laughs> uh, you know so so let's have a conversation yeah
0: well i 100 percent agree i mean denver and and the state of Colorado. You know, this is one of those rare places in the country where we are very health conscious out here. We get 300 days of sunshine. Um, you know, of course we have, we have legal cannabis out here. Um, and, and I, am I'm, I'm with you on that. I, 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 I believe that a lot more people are, are using substances these days like cannabis and like psilocybin, not necessarily to, to get high or have like a recreational experience. I mean, you know that's that's okay too. But as we were talking to people on the street, collecting signatures, Brett, uh, the three really most common things that I heard from people were: uh, mushrooms are the only thing that works for my depression. Mm. Uh, mu- mushrooms are the only thing that works for my cluster headaches. Um, mushrooms save my relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and these are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's such a powerful substance that can be used to directly address a lot of these societal issues that we're facing. You know, we have dramatically rising rates of, of depression and anxiety in our country. Um, one in six Americans uses psychiatric meds, and at the top of that list are our depression medication. Yeah. And then the next one down is, is anxiety medication. And while there's nothing wrong with using psychiatric meds that are prescribed by a doctor, um, you know, I believe personally that we need some kind of radically effective alternative um, that doesn't come packed with a whole bunch of side effects or isn't something that someone you know, needs to use for the entirety of their life. Um, and I speak from personal experience there. I suffered from major depression for quite a long time. A little bit of my backstory is that I was a cadet at West Point out there in New York. So I had my couple of years on the East Coast and and uh, had some fun in Manhattan and <laughs> also lived a very regimented lifestyle. it's very different out there on that part of the country than it is here in Colorado. But while I was at the academy um, in my third year is when things started to really go downhill for me because I, I, I had depression. I had major depression and major depression and the lifestyle of a, of a cadet do not mix well. And at the time, the military did not have the tools, um, you know, to, to help me deal with, with the trauma that I was facing. Mm. You know, it was one of those things where I was prescribed an antidepressant and a sleeping aid and, um, it just, it, it didn't work for me. And so when I, when I left West Point, um, you know, the, the army took care of me. They, I, I received a, a medical discharge from the U.S. Army, um, and I was really grateful for that. However, I had spent at the time really about 15 years of my life dedicated to service in our, in our nation's military, and I wanted to be a career army officer. And when I had to leave the academy, all of that—that that foundation for my life, or what I thought was was, it, or what was the foundation for my life. Really crumbled before my eyes, and I was left without a sense of purpose or direction. Yeah. And really, really floated for a number of years. And then came back to Colorado and found an amazing community here in Denver. And, you know, again, Denver is one of those very unique places in the country where we have a strong community of, of individuals out here who are dedicated to you know, health and healing. And, and service on so many different levels and that community reintroduced me to uh, to psilocybin um in a very safe very effective way and it was that that experience for me that um really really opened my eyes to a new perspective and I, I think for me that's what that's what that's what mushrooms really really did for me is that it enabled they, they enabled me to look outside the box of my existential suffering um Outside the box of my depression, and I could really look at the world and look at look at my life with, with fresh eyes. And then from there, um, you know, I, I realized, wow, I you know, I don't have to go through the world depressed. I can actually make a choice here. Um, and that's one of the things about psilocybin and some of these studies that were that are being that are being conducted. Um, in many cases, after after a single dose of psilocybin to treat depression, for example, um, the uh, the benefits can last up to six months, and and it's it, it just seems like it's an incredibly powerful tool. Um, you know, people. I believe that people really can use this. This can be a, a net a net benefit to our society. You know, and it's it's not necessarily about going to Red Rocks and and taking a dose and and having a trip at a concert or something. Um, It's much more about health and healing and and coming back to a place of wholeness. And that's definitely something that,
1: according to the research, psilocybin can catalyze that sense of balance or or renewal in a person's life. So what do you guys uh, expect with being successful, gaining the popular vote the you know, the people of Denver deciding that psilocybin is safe or at least safe enough to decriminalize what comes next?
0: Oh man. You know, e- even I, I do visualization techniques, right? And so I, I visualize election, election night and, and watching the the numbers, taken our favor on that evening. And I get butterflies on my stomach even just thinking about it right now because it's, it's, it's so important to so many people who I've been working directly with for the last year, and it's something that's just it's so incredibly needed right now. Um, part of our language, and, and I can get into the mechanics of the language here in, in a little bit too if you'd like, but part of the language that we've included when this passes in May, includes the formation of what's called the psilocybin mushroom policy review panel um and what that is is that is a a panel that's that'll meet at at city council in denver and it'll be composed of members of city council um denver city attorneys denver law enforcement um health professionals uh and also um harm reduction advocates and, and members of our organization. And the purpose of that panel is to assess and review the impact of decriminalizing psilocybin in Denver. And so my, my hope for that really is that we can start to gather some, some really powerful data, um, you know, l- looking at potential reduction in crime rates, looking at potential reduction in um in, in some of these health crisis issues, uh, mental health and, and addiction, and then and then furthermore, using that data to start to talk about how um, we can implement some kind of a, of a structure or something. But that's in, in terms of what's next. We are just so hyper focused on, on May seventh right now. But I can definitely tell you that when we're successful, and and, and even if the vote doesn't pass our favor we're still going to go back to work on may 8th because you know we believe this is something that's just so important for denver and that's that's evidenced by i mean this is not a denver specific movement for us this is a, a human movement and so this is something that we're going to continue to work on um until we get to the place where people are no longer being criminalized for suicide and, and looking at, at other potential options as well.
1: Where else is this initiative taking place?
0: Well, right now, um, outside of our campaign in Denver, the campaign with, with the most activity at this moment is in Oregon. And in Oregon, they are creating a statewide regulated services model. And so, first of all, they are reducing the criminal penalties for personal possession, so it'll be, it'll no longer be a felony, depending on a, on a person's background and, and, and prior arrest and, arrests arrests and, and other other things like that. But they're they're much more focused on on regulation and and creating access. So in Oregon, they're going to have the model they're creating is for uh, treatment centers and also uh, I the terminology they're using. Um, oh yeah, cult, cultivation centers. So you you can get a license to cultivate in Oregon, and then you can also have a license to have a, a treatment center. Um, and then nothing nothing recreational there. So they're looking at, you know, potentially going, I mean, they're really going a little bit of a step further than what we're doing in Denver um, by introducing that, well, for lack of a better term, a medical model similar to medical cannabis. That is going to be in 2020. So they are collecting, they're in the process of fundraising and, uh, collecting signatures to um, actually appear on that ballot. Beautiful. And then, yeah, and then there's one other. I believe it's called the Vermont Wellness Initiative, and, oh. and I, I heard you mentioned you were in Vermont for a little bit, right? Ten years. Um, so I, I don't know the details of exactly what they're doing, but I know that they are organized in Vermont, and if those are the other the other two. Um, I think are are the most well organized in the states right now Mm -hmm. and then and then additionally um we get messages a lot of the time just saying hey we'd like to get this started where we live what kind of advice or um recommendations can you offer in that respect to help us get this started in our state so we've received a number of those requests um, one of which is coming out of uh the dc area which I find very very interesting as well so yeah, it's it's moving. This is the kind of thing where Denver, Denver's a spore. Oregon's a spore. Vermont's a spore, and and these spores are spreading like mycelium across the entire country. This movement is not going anywhere. It's just getting started, and it seems like that the, the public perception is starting to really turn in, in our in our favor as well. Especially considering, really, all the media coverage has been positive um, regarding psilocybin. Um, mostly due to the fact that we have all of this incredible research, you know, over a decade of research
1: backing up the efficacy of psilocybin as a treatment for for various conditions. Sure. I think that it's absolutely imperative to be mindful of those of us suffering. You know, I say it all the time. It doesn't matter who we are, what we are or where we are. If we're in pain, we want to get out of it immediately. With that, if we allow anyone to stay suffering, are we, you know, this may sound extreme though, are we supporting torturing? I don't think anybody who would help their loved one would support their loved one being tortured. I think that that's ridiculous. Just like you said with Vermont and Colorado and Oregon being spores, when we create or develop a mycelial mat, just like Alan Atkinson was talking about and I think, uh, a couple episodes ago in probiotic farming, you know that allows the nutrients to be uptaken, and so all of a sudden everything becomes healthier when we are spreading the right kinds of information that we 're able to determine actually benefit us and in this instance we 're talking about preventing suicide we 're talking about preventing suffering and even treating suffering, of course, and since this beautiful planet gives us beautiful substances like mushrooms or even like cannabis, or even like rosemary, you know, we, we have the ability to work with these substances to benefit and ourselves and potentially others by sharing experiences. And so I think you know humans mimic. When one human hears another human is successful with something that that human has been suffering from, they want to know, we want to know what we need to do. What's an option? Because while everyone is different, options are critical. And what's a person without options? And so safe access is paramount. And obviously, states are going to figure out how to develop tax systems in order to also benefit from this and, quote unquote, regulate these natural substances, though, you know, it's not going to serve us by focusing on anything that upsets us regarding these blessings that are being afforded we're actually allowed to go around talking about legalizing mushrooms. There's countries that you would never even dream of doing something like that because you'll be harmed by by the government. And so at least we have the freedom to talk about it. At least we have the freedom to share the information about how it has helped any individual. And I know for myself, I am also passionate about this. I'm passionate about safe, natural options. And I think that once we have the ability to think differently, we realize the ability to respond differently. And, you know, some say that our life experience is a sum of our choices. And of course, many of our choices, they may be subconscious. We may not even r- realize through our impulses that we are choosing our responses though, through our responses to instances in life, to our experiences, those develop our consistent actions and behaviors. And more often than not, we are responding to things. And generally, you know, well, let's just say this. There's a lot of us who respond to things stressfully, um, with fear, um, you know, the some of these things are secondary, whereas something may happen to us and we may feel sad, and that sadness may manifest itself into anger or into uh, depression or into uh, isolation or uh, self mutilation or even perhaps obsessive compulsive, where somebody's using these quote unquote medicinal substances in excess to where it's actually a detriment. And, of, you know, things in balance are, are, um, are healthier than, than going to the extreme with things. And, and there's medicines that, you know, shamans will tell you can save your life, but if you use it the wrong way, it can kill you. And, you know, that is important to pay attention to at the same time I don't know anybody that's died from taking mushrooms, similarly to cannabis, and I do know people that have died from taking too many pharmaceuticals that, you know... And this isn't to to demonize pharmaceuticals. It's just to say that there are things that are legal that are more dangerous than things that are not. And so it begs the question, if somebody can benefit or get out of suffering having safe access to this substance, is that benefiting society as a whole? Are we benefiting by criminalizing somebody who is trying not to die who is actively doing what we can to live a happy life and so who am i to go into your house and tell you what you're doing is completely wrong and i'm going to throw you in jail because you decided to eat something that made you happier i think you would say that i would be nuts to do that and you wouldn't allow that to happen well there's obviously vermont oregon colorado these are states where people find their freedoms very near and dear. And that's not to say that in New York or any other state that people find their freedoms uh, any differently. I would think that it's very similar. It's just that we're paying attention to different things. And once we know, we can't unknow. We can choose to decide to think about other things, though there's those of us who no longer see reality the same way because we now have seen it in a new way. And that means in harmony and where I'm happier. I I wasn't happy and now I'm happy. This recipe helped me be happy. And so how can I hide that from anybody? And Kevin, I I, I commend you for, you know, being somebody who's worked, who's lived a different life in terms of, you know, when you're in the military, you're no longer a civilian. You are under a different rule of law and there's a lot of fear associated with that having to be silenced and not be human so to speak and so to to blossom from that and to speak your truth is so important because there's there's 22 veterans a day committing suicide that's insane and you know one person is too many and so i think that we obviously have something here that many many people are are agreeing is safe and beneficial. And Kevin, let me ask you a question. What would you say are the top two reasons that, or, or, or let's say this, based on the research that you're learning, I mean, you're, you're, you must be pretty enveloped in the research at this point, being a part of this, leading the way for this initiative. What, uh, what are the top two causes that you're telling politicians, we need to do this? Man,
0: that's a—I mean, there's so many to choose from. Um, And well, I'm—I'm sure sure you're familiar with 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 Michael Pollan's book, "How to to Change Your Mind," right? Um, Mm -hmm. He wrote the book on you know this incredibly now prolific and very famous book on the new research behind behind psychedelics, including psilocybin. And the glorious thing about the title of that book is that these things psilocybin literally provides a person an opportunity to change their mind at the physical level. It creates new pathways. It creates new ways of thinking. It it stimulates neurogenesis. Um, And so when we're talking to politicians or government officials or other heads of various organizations you know we're doing just that we are changing people's minds Mm. Um, because a lot of I mean the the stigma and the mainstream understanding of psilocybin is based on a lot of misinformation and completely incorrect evidence that you know the government dropped on the population when it was when it was Um, prohibited back in 1970 and so I think I'd like to share about in terms of like the most impactful research especially when we were talking with um, individuals uh, residents of Denver as we were collecting signatures excuse me people who were initially opposed to decriminalizing psilocybin as soon as we start to mention Johns Hopkins University is conducting research or the FDA just gave it breakthrough therapy status, um, that people start to change their mind and they start to to get self-motivated to actually go and and, and do their own research. So in terms of our campaign, um, because we are decriminalizing, we're focusing on a couple of very specific um, uh, studies the, the, the biggest one, I think, comes out of the uh, Global Drug Survey of 2017 that shows that um, psilocybin is the safest of all recreational drugs. It's, it's according to their research, it's even, believe it or not, safer than cannabis. Um, and you know what's at the top of that list is alcohol and tobacco. And those are two legal substances. Um, so... Knowing now, you know we have this beautiful access to all of the world's information now at our fingertips. Right, we can access any any research for the most part, or any any evidence we need for this kind of stuff. Um, so, first of all, psilocybin is is physically safe. Um, right now, it's it's classified as a Schedule One substance feder- federally, and what that means is that it has no medical value and a high risk. Um, of abuse or addiction and we know both of those things are, are wrong there's another study that says that psilocybin in fact is not addictive um, if anything it's anti-addictive and in fact it helps people with their addiction um, and then as you mentioned it's, there's no LD50 for psilocybin known no known dose that could, that could cause death um, when I listen to some more experts they say that you literally have literally have to pounds and pounds and pounds of dried psilocybin mushrooms to die from it. But before then, your body's going to purge it all. <laughs> so there's no like there's no risk for, of of dying here. Um, there are a, a few very specific health risks. Um, people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or have a genetic predisposition for either of those, uh, psilocybin is not recommended as a treatment. Um, and then the data for that is, is somewhere around, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's like one to 2% of the population is at risk there. Um, so, and the other part really, um, you know, outside of psilocybin being physically safe, non-addictive, um, it's the safest recreational drug, um, I think two studies come to mind. Um, the first, the first is that well, right now psilocybin is, is um, undergoing phase two clinical trials for the treatment of treatment-resistant depression, and the FDA gave psilocybin breakthrough therapy status in the treatment of depression, and that's a really big deal. Um,
1: Based on stage FDA, one.
0: Based, off, based from the phase one studies, that's right. Um, and so that designation, the, w- the way that works basically is that the designation was, it, it essentially enables a group called Compass Pathways to, um, it, it streamlines the research and streamlines the co- clinical trials and, and puts, puts the, um, it basically puts approval for psilocybin kind of at, at the front of the queue when they're conducting this clinical research. Mm-hmm. And the FDA, the FDA does not hand out that designation very often um, for, a, for any kind of substance or pharmaceutical drug. In fact, the last time that designation was handed out was for MDMA, hmm. which um, I think, well, for those of your, your listeners who don't know, MDMA has an incredible success, success rate for treating uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And, and most of that work is through MAPS, um, or the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. So, you know, th- this is incredible, um, especially coming from the federal government, right? Like the FDA is, a, you know, it's the, the, it's the FDA. <laughs> they, they regulate all of this stuff. And so having that designation come from the feds, I think is very important. And, and just knowing that the federal government is actually looking at this and, and wants to see the research and wants to see this happen because they know that we're facing a national mental health crisis right now that they cannot control. And so, you know, it's exciting because there's a recognition here of the efficacy for psilocybin coming from the federal level, I think, is extremely important. And people that we talked to who weren't aware of that in Denver were surprised. They were like, are you serious, the FDA? is giving approval for this to, to for the clinical studies? And they we're like, you're absolutely right. Um, and then another really amazing study that was conducted by uh, Johns Hopkins University, they were using, they, they were looking how psilocybin can be an effective treatment for end of life anxiety. And so they took individuals who had a terminal illness or a life-threatening disease. And who, and who were end-stage, so individuals with cancer or some other diagnosis, um, they were given psilocybin, and the results were absolutely incredible. Um, I, I want to say 80% of the trial participants not only had the most incredible and profound spiritual experience of their entire life, but they were also the burden, the personal burden on for them, their fear of dying and the anxiety associated with that was was completely diminished. Yeah. And so that left these individuals the the ability to live out the rest of their final days in in peace without worrying about what it looks like on the other side, right? And that and that rolls over. that doesn't just impact. Those individuals who are sick, it impacts their families, it impacts their spouses, it impacts their communities, and and that, I mean, that's that's just that's ex- in in my mind so powerful, um, you know, because, because I, I also also really believe that in terms of like pal- palliative care, end of end of life care, you know, being able to ease an individual's suffering as they transition from, you know, from from life to death. Man, that's, that's just so beautiful, knowing that these people can, these individuals can find peace. Um, Agreed. And so it's, it's, that's important. And then there's, you know, in addition to all of this beautiful and amazing and powerful clinical research that's being conducted that shows that psilocybin has this very strong efficacy to treat these, these symptoms, depression, um, anxiety, et cetera. Uh, there's also a lot of studies coming out of Europe right now that shows that psilocybin enhances creativity mm-hmm. for up to a week after a single use. Um, it increases empathy and compassion, two things I think we need desperately more these days in our mm-hmm. society. Of learning how to get along again, you know, we're so divided right now, like it'd be good to have some empathy and some compassion for other people. Um yeah. And so like with all of that too, you know, if, when when psilocybin was prohibited um under the controlled substances act, the the government at the time made it seem like that it it was a very antisocial substance and it, and it caused people to um Basically, retreat from society and and you know not not become productive members of society. Um, you know, and, and for various reasons, they the, the feds at the time did that. The research coming out shows that psilocybin is in, is in fact a very pro-social substance. It brings people together. It brings families together. It brings communities together. Um, it, it has the capability of doing so. And if we look in the historical record, knowing that psilocybin's been used for hundreds, if not thousands, of years in every single culture across the entire world—excuse <coughs> me—used um, successfully in in a lot of these these cultures and societies, um, we have to remember that that you know psilocybin and, and, and psychedelics are actually at the foundation of the human experience mm. and, and we're extremely integral to the proper functioning of, of tribes and societies and so which is why we say with, with decriminalizing right now you know we have to take this well we're, we're decriminalizing specifically because it's important that we take this one step at a time we have a responsibility to uh, well, responsibly reintegrate psilocybin back into society, um, which is why it, it's important. Like, like decriminalizing now will help us change the narrative. Um, we'll, we'll be able to continue to educate individuals. Um, this will provide more avenues for for research and and like alternative research outside of the very like costly. Government-sponsored research that is currently being conducted, um, and most of all, with decriminalizing, you know, we're going to be protecting those individual rights. No person deserves to be incarcerated, or even if they don't go to jail, have their have social services call and have their kids taken away, or lose their jobs because they're on probation no one deserves criminal penalties for using a substance that not only occurs naturally grows naturally, even in Colorado. um, But that also has such a tremendous um, therapeutic value and and is physically safe. We're stoked. We're
1: stoked, Brent. (laughs) We're so excited. (laughs) Absolutely. I, I imagine so are the people who stand to potentially use this medically who are waiting for the opportunity to come out of the closet even, or perhaps just to have safe access to a substance that might be able to save a life. And so that's, that's everything, you know? Um, So again, thank you. Again, thank you for your, uh, for your work. I know that, you know, some people who still have a disconnect between maybe not believing you or maybe not believing for their own purposes, you know, or or through their own beliefs that this is something that's not okay or something that's not godly or you know, like as you said this is a naturally occurring substance that grows right here in Colorado as well and I was listening to a talk I was by Paul Stamets and he talks about how early man may have eaten mushrooms to learn how to do more things and that potentially has helped evolution. And I, you speak to anybody who has taken mushrooms or even microdoses on a regular basis may tell you that it helps them find new and exciting ways to address life and to, like I said before, level up. And so I always talk about enlightenment for evolution. Perhaps at the core of it, it is thinking outside of the box. And, you know, God gives us these abilities and uh, And and, and these substances, of course, there are substances that if you eat it, you'll die. You know, that's not the case with this. You're dedicating your life to this research as well. And so I'm happy that you've taken the time, that you're taking the time to educate the masses about what has helped you, what is helping so many others. And, uh, you know making sure that we're not causing more suffering for those of us looking to treat or prevent suffering right
0: I mean it, exactly this is, this is the kind of thing where I, I, people are ready for this conversation Americans are ready for this conversation we know that the drug war is a complete and total failure it hasn't. It hasn't gotten drugs off our streets. It's mm-hmm. actually. It's it's made it a lot easier for people to get to access them. Um, and then you know, with that comes like you know, it, you know, there's crime. There's there's safety issues with with um, you know in, in terms of what kind of drugs people are using. And it also goes to show that, I mean, there, there's say it this way if. One out, of, one out of six Americans are using some kind of psychiatric medication to properly function in their life and in society and that says something very distinct about how our society functions um and so in, in terms of leveling up I believe that psilocybin is something that we can really use to uh, not only heal or heal individuals and, and heal communities who need it um but also start to to change the paradigm about you know how we how we look at drug policy, how we look at building communities, how we look at you know creating opportunities for people to um, you know get the help that they need, or or use something that enhances their creativity, or uh, brings a little more light and love in, into their life. You know this is this is now is the time for this conversation simply because I mean, you and I are having the conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> so many people are having this conversation and, and Americans are ready for this conversation um, I think our culture is ready for this we from my own personal perspective is that we need alternative rites of passage that, that you know, if there's something that, that all cultures had um, most cultures had some kind of a rite of passage for their people Right, Um, and and our our rite of passages in America, you know, speaking from my own personal experience, it was when I was a teenager. It was, um, you know, teenage shenanigans, um, drinking, some other illicit drug use, and some run-ins with the police, and you know, like that seems to be the rite of passage. Like let's get let's get messed up and let's go cause some trouble. You know, whereas, like, we could create a paradigm where, you know, in a safe, in a safe environment, um, have the, the, the opportunity for individuals to step more fully into their life instead of, per se, trying to escape their life, mm. um, and, and, you know, in that way, gosh, I don't, I don't really know what's possible, I know that a lot is possible from this, um. And that you know this, this conversation that, that is started, you know, cannabis definitely sparked this conversation. Um, in some ways, the the, legis- the cannabis legislation here in, in Colorado was was a little bit of a of a catalyst and, and inspiration for us. Um, but you know, I mean, these are therapeutic tools and technologies that individuals can use to better their lives. And
1: we, we need it. We absolutely need it right now. You know, I have can attest that when I've eaten mushrooms, I didn't want to eat food that wasn't good for me. I didn't want to deal with even energies that didn't feel good. I was super sensitive to things. And that sensitivity lasted beyond the actual experience um, and I think that, as our american standard American diet, the sad diet has taken hold you know basically through companies profiting off of cheap ingredients that are marketed as something we need that even tastes good we're serving instant gratification that over time is proving to be a detriment to our society we have a higher mental health rate than ever before and this is uh this to me is a symptom you know, when we have plants that are getting sick, it, we have to w- wonder about the environment, we have to wonder about the soil, we have to wonder about what we're feeding the plants. And humans are very similar, whereas if we don't get water, we're not going to be strong, we're not we're not going to live. If we don't get nutrients, we're, we're not going to be strong, we're not going to live. If we don't get sun... You know, all of these things. Our environment matters. We're energetic beings. We are affected by what goes on around us just the same as we're affected by the things that we say and how we say it. And I think that mushrooms allow us to feel more. And I think that in terms of cannabis, I've seen that many politicians don't move a finger until they feel it, until, God forbid, someone in their family is suffering perhaps from a seizure, perhaps from cancer, and they need an option. And then you have to go down to the courthouse, to the Capitol, and you have to ask for help. And I've done it. And you're doing it. And we expose ourselves to help everyone. And in exposing ourselves, it's not to say that we are troublemakers or that we are doing anything wrong. It's to say that we are willing to stand up above the other grass and ask the people that we have voted in to do our gardening to help us and not to mow us. And, you know, there's a saying in Amsterdam where the tallest grass gets cut first and so people don't stick their heads up, you know. And that's a compliant society. I'm not saying Amsterdam is. I'm saying a society where we are in fear for speaking our truth and it's it serves us well to share wellness, to share healing. And if something has saved my life and I care about you, I'm going to tell you what has helped me if it applies to you and how I do that may or may not inspire its palatability or how you register that information though at the same time the access to that information is is very important it's it's priceless you know throughout history there's been knowledge and wisdom that has been erased there's been cultures that have been erased there's been societies that dynasties and and governments that have completely suppressed people and this is Something that we really need to pay attention to History has tended to repeat itself And we have the ability to change our paradigm We have the ability to respond to the now To change our paradigm And I'm only going to care more about that As I feed myself good nutrients As I drink good water As I get good sun As I exercise And I feel great And when I feel great I care more When I don't feel great And I've done that too I've lived a life where I wanted to die I have been so depressed at points in my life When I was younger that You know, my heart hurt. I felt the heat. My heart soaked with tears that ran dry. And psychedelics have been so profound for me to find the love that exists within me that I always felt but I didn't get. And I was looking for it from outside sources. And that validation is unnecessary because we are tapped into the source. The source is energy. We are energetic beings. We're lucky to have a body. And with that, it's important that we share with each other when, when needed, what, what we're able to do to have options to help ourselves. So anyone who decides to step up in an unconventional situation is a guerrilla healer. That's what guerrilla healer is all about. Optimizing diet, healthcare, and lifestyle. And so once again, This show salutes all of you, especially you, Kevin, and everybody on the initiative. I know that it's not just you. There's a lot of people. And, of course, everyone supporting the initiative, everyone in the Denver government, um, everyone who signed the ballot, everyone who maybe wants to sign the ballot or wants to get this going in their own area. I think that you are a pioneer, and it's up to us to pave the way in a good way where we're not harming the path or even the area that we're creating a path, we're doing it symbiotically because it's for the goodness. We're walking in a good way and we're speaking our prayers and we're here to help. And it's important to remember that not everybody's on the same page. There's a yin and a yang. And you know, holiness is tolerance. Existing together doesn't mean that I'm going to tell you what to do. Unless, of course, you're looking to harm somebody else or yourself. And if you're looking to harm yourself, then ask for help. You're not alone. You can reach out to Guerrilla Healer at help at gorillahealer.org. That's G U E R I L L A H E A L E R.org. And someone will speak with you. There's people in this world who care about you knowing your self worth. And that, to me, gives faith in humanity. So, Kevin, is there anything that you would like to leave the people with uh, before we uh, sign off this wonderful yeah. show? Yeah, thank you, Brent.
0: Um, everyone, everyone is an influencer for this campaign. Um, so what we've created here is is a, is a safe place, a safety net for individuals to step up and, and, and walk their talk and... and Step out of the psychedelic closet and share about how psilocybin has improved their lives. And, you know, people coming out and sharing about their experience will go a long way toward our campaign being successful in the next two months. Um, this is the kind of thing, again, everyone is an influencer. Everyone can have an impact. This is such a new and such a vibrant political campaign. I mean, we're, this is a political campaign to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms. You know, people, if we have individuals come out, you know, come support us, get registered to vote, at the very least, uh, this campaign, uh, this election traditionally has a, has a very low voter turnout. Uh, now with, with our campaign, we know that, that we're going to command um, a lot of that vote, because people are going to want to come out and support this. And so, we encourage individuals to get registered to vote, come out and support the campaign, um, follow us on on Facebook at Decriminalize Denver. You can also go to DecriminalizeDenver.org. Sign up for our mailing list. In the, in the coming weeks, you're going to see us out on the street, both knocking on doors, talking to Denver residents, standing on street corners have a lot of events coming up um and we just encourage individuals if this resonates with anyone who's listening um you know in denver or outside of denver wherever you are reach out to our campaign you can email office at decriminalized um and we'll get back in touch with you so yeah brent i want to say thank you very much for having me on the show this has been an absolute pleasure and um I'm just excited to continue this conversation with you when it does happen.
1: Love-wise. Yeah, I I think that... I used to say likewise. Now I feel better saying Um, (laughs) love-wise. I I like that. I love that. (laughs) You love it. There it is, the level ups. You know, we apply it. That's our ability to respond. And there's words that are magic. If we say them, we just get happier. Why not use them? You know? Somebody Absolutely. said to Absolutely. me once I walked yeah. in somewhere and they were like, you're just so happy. And I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice, yeah. It has to be. <laughs> Some people are innately happy and they have, haven't have ever considered not being happy. In fact, they've said to me, I can't even imagine not being happy. And I, you know, it's a little different for me. And perhaps it's a nutritional thing. I didn't grow, I grew up eating microwave foods and candy. You know, when I eat better, I'm happier. Though (laughs) at the same time, yeah, if I have the ability to choose to be happy because I know what it's like to not live happy, well then, I'm going to do it. I don't want to be Uh, villainized for it or, 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 or talked about in a bad way because of it, though, that's somebody's choice, you know? And there's a point in my life where I would have said the things that I'm saying now or doing now are corny, you know, though, who cares? I feel great now. And I was depressed then. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling better about that. And I wanted to touch on something real quick that you, that you, you sparked, you, you said for people, To support this campaign Everyone is a leader And we all have the ability to share our experience Or come out about our psychedelic experiences That have helped us In a way to usher this in responsibly, what do you think is a safe platform or a safe procedure to do this so that people aren't harming themselves doing this or feel afraid doing it because we don't know a safe way to share that. Is it something we can email yep. office at decriminalized Denver.org and share our story with you guys and you'll share it in a safe way or what? Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, we have our, our right to heal hashtag right to heal campaign that we're just kicking off. That's on, on social media. Um, so if you go to our Facebook, if you go to our Facebook page at Denver, it's actually an event that we have listed and people can submit a 60 second video if they want to. And, and we provided some guidelines on, on how to do that. And then more specifically, you know, individuals should not talk about, um, the where and the when of their experience, but talk, just talk about their experience if, if they feel open to it. Um, you wanna, you wanna, we want to keep people safe right now like if they want to come out of the closet and share about this not sharing the finer details of where you were, who you were with what you know um, you know, and, and like those like time, date and location details, don't share that information we want to hear how this has been you know 60 seconds, 90 seconds um, if you're if you want to record a short video do that and post it on our, on our page and then we'll, we'll share it up and additionally, if people do want to write in, they can write in about their experience um, to our, our email, office at org, And, um, you know, we're going to start consolidating those and also sharing those testimonials. Because in so many ways, this the, the anecdotal, the personal stories go a very long way towards supporting the current clinical research, you know, because if we know that that Right now, it's undergoing these these various trials and, and different research studies have been conducted. Um, having a lot more people come out and share about it that that lines up with the results of the research um, is a very big deal. And then also just knowing that there are so many people out there who have used these who have used psilocybin successfully and and haven't felt safe enough to share about it, um, we can start talking about it now in a very public way. Um, And so, you know, if individuals would like to do that, um, they can use our platform to just spread the good word about psilocybin.
1: Would it be short-sighted to consider that this show, or perhaps I can offer my contributions? Let me me say this. I'm willing to go as far as saying that I'm also happy to help, just as much as I offered help at guerrillahealer.org's email for anybody that has a need to... Have a conversation Or feel not alone Know you're not alone Or to ask for help And perhaps find resources for that I'm also happy to step up And say that If anybody wants to share their story Perhaps through an interview Perhaps audio version You know You can email this show Just the same Or office at org. And Kevin if you ever you know, have a situation where somebody needs to share something and you need somebody to talk to them about it on air. I'm happy to to do that. I'm happy to invest my time into spreading the good word. And perhaps that comes in often enough where it has to have its own show. And perhaps we can also uh, work with Greenlight Radio, which is a pirate radio station out of Boulder, to... To To get this word out Or perhaps there's another platform Of course we always have this podcast You can subscribe to Farms Not Farms podcast on iTunes And you know Kevin if there's anything that you Think that needs to be created In order to support this initiative In order to support Treating and preventing suffering I'm all about it Consider me a resource And a friend to And, and family for this to happen and uh and and thank you for inspiring more healing to take place through your work this is your contribution to our world and we're benefiting because of it even if one person benefits in a good way then you're doing your job and uh (laughs) thank you you know yeah you're welcome
0: brent yeah and and please yeah it would be great to collaborate and just the the more people that we have the more individuals, the more people, and organizations we have sharing sharing this work, which is, you know, a, a part of the work, um, the better. Because then we're we're living in the exponential age right now, man, and and it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna change very quickly. The more the more individuals that we have speaking
1: up about about this
0: work, so thank
1: you. Hey, do you guys have research listed on DecriminalizedDenver.org that people can learn more about this, or what, where's, aside from the book you mentioned earlier, How to Change Your Mind, wh- where can people learn more about how to make an educated decision on this subject?
0: Yep, so they can, uh, individuals can go to our website, and um, which is yeah, DecriminalizedDenver.org, and they can, the very the very top link is a link um, to our The actual language that will appear on the ballot and in there we've listed at the very beginning of the the language we have all of the research that we're citing Um, and then individuals honestly you could do a a search engine search for benefits of magic mushrooms and that'll bring up a whole list of information and and data Um, and then I would also recommend going to a, a, a little more consolidated resource, um, hefter.org. Um, so that's H E F F T E R.org. And that's a, a nonprofit um, research and think tank in new mexico and they have consolidated all of the research on psilocybin specifically um into one nice convenient location online and and those individuals actually sponsor a lot of the the research through johns
1: hopkins and, and other universities as well so that's hefter um, h-e-f-f-t as in tony E-R. yep, dot org. that's correct yep. great yep wonderful Well, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and I look forward to doing it again, Kevin, and thank you for being a leader and, you know, coming from somebody who followed orders for, you said, 15 years in the military to somebody who is helping free people from suffering. Thank you, and, um, you know, thank you for caring. It, It helps our world be a better place and uh, what a world we live in right now. We're so blessed to take a breath. We're so blessed to, to know each other. We're so blessed to be able to talk about these things and to, to go after our dreams and to make them a reality. And so this is what uh, life is all about. It's, it's, it's my honor, Brent. And let's, let's do this again. <laughs> I, I know. I know we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I'm excited. All right. Well, thanks again, bro. And uh, send my love to the family. And, and thanks, Shiva, for uh, for connecting us. And, of course, God for making this all happen. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We'll talk to you soon. It's my pleasure, man. I appreciate love. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Farms Not Farms podcast on FM Boulder, GreenLightRadio.com. This has been a Pirate Radio broadcast. Subscribe to the Farms Not Farms podcast on iTunes. Deep breath.